Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. It's the Big Take from Bloomberg News and iHeartRadio. I'm Wes Kosova. Today, our second look at TikTok, this time through the eyes of a teen influencer. In November, Bloomberg investigative reporter Olivia Carville came on the podcast. She told the story of children who have died copying challenges that can be seen on TikTok, the enormously popular video social platform that has more than a billion users around the world. TikTok doesn't want those videos on its app, and it tries to find and delete them. As Olivia dug deeper into TikTok's culture, she discovered another vast corner of the app where young video creators push the boundaries in a different way and where the decisions the company makes about what videos to take down and which ones to leave up aren't as clear-cut. I asked Olivia to come back on the show to talk about what she calls teen TikTok. Well, teen TikTok is a complicated, sometimes scary, very strange world. You can go into rabbit holes using TikTok, looking at all the content that pops up and... Some of it is really cool and uplifting and fun, and some of it is just downright frightening. For this story, I was focused on the hypersexualization of minors, and I was looking at how TikTok as a platform moderates content from mainly young girls posting very sexually suggestive videos. In her second story about TikTok for Bloomberg Businessweek, Olivia writes about a hugely popular teen TikTok star. She's a 16-year-old girl who lives in Florida. Her name is Rosalie Aratola. On TikTok, though, she goes by a different name, Jenny Papach. That's how her millions of followers know her. You'll hear us use both these names throughout this episode. Hi, my name is Rosalie Aratola. Many people may know me as Jenny Papaj as well, and I am a content creator on TikTok and Instagram. She's pretty sassy. She's, you know, some of her content is quite funny. She likes to poke fun at people. She's quite bold, quite brazen for a young teenage girl. She pushes back when people criticize her for wearing certain clothes or dancing in a certain way or posting content with sexually explicit lyrics. And she's actually become one of the most controversial teen stars on the platform. If someone goes on her account, what sort of videos are they likely to see there? If you were to open the Jenny Popich account right now, you would see a 16-year-old girl who is posting videos of her daily life. In many of her clips, she's dancing or lip-syncing or joking or she's acting the fool or dressing up 
or playing with her brothers and her parents. But if you start scrolling through her content and really looking at the captions, looking at what she's saying, looking at some of the sexual innuendo that she's inserting into those captions or listening to the lyrics of the songs that she's lip syncing to, or looking at some of the clothing choices that she's wearing or the style of dance that she's doing, what Jenny Popatch has really been doing is leaning into this kind of bad girl persona or trying to post content that contains shock value. And from her perspective, shock value is doing what you can to get the audience talking, to get them to pause and re-watch and comment on your video because Rosalie Aratola knows that's going to get her more popularity on TikTok. That's what the algorithm wants. Content that is controversial, shocking, that people are going to want to talk about. And that's exactly what she's been posting for the last few years. For pretty much her whole life, she's wanted to become social media famous. She was quite a good belly dancer when she was quite a young child, and she would perform on Musical.ly. In 2017, Musical.ly was bought by ByteDance, which is the owner of TikTok. And suddenly those young video makers on Musical.ly had a far bigger stage. You know, but I didn't have any intention of like getting big or anything. It kind of just started to happen when I duetted this girl, Leah. Leah Louie, she was a content creator on Musical.ly, belly dancer, and then I became this like persona of mini Leah Louie. So I was like the mini version of her and that was like really pushed out and then that began to be like my niche and what everybody was watching me for and then I'd have my own set of videos where I was belly dancing and I kind of just started really young, like 12. And when you got up to 3 million views, how old were you at the time? I was 12. When you look at the Jenny Popatch profile on TikTok today, she's got almost 7 million followers, which is a huge number for a 16-year-old girl. Do we know who's watching these videos? Are they other teens? Are they adults? I think about 30% of Jenny Popatch's followers are male. And when you look in the adult age range of her followers, more than 50% are men. So she has hundreds of thousands of adult men watching her content on a daily basis. I really try not to read those comments from the older men, but when I do see them, I kind of just like uncomfortable and I'll give the phone to my mom and she'll just delete it or I'll delete it and I'll just move past and forget about it because I'm just like, I don't want to have that energy in my life. Give us a PG-13 version of, of some of the comments you get that would make you feel if, uncomfortable. If you were with me right now, I would do this and that to you. Okay. Right around now, you might be asking yourself, what do Rosalie's parents think about all this? Olivia told me she went to Florida to meet Rosalie and her family. When it comes to Rosalie Aratola, not only is her mother watching, her mother's actually encouraging her. How did this account become, you know, so famous and also so controversial at the same time? And that controversy, a lot of it stems from the relationship that she has with her mother, which is included in a lot of her TikTok posts. Sometimes her mum is dancing just as suggestively alongside Rosalie in the Jenny Popatch account. And I think that her mum is really instrumental in the Jenny Popatch account and has helped build it to, you know, 
reaching 7 million followers, helping her choose her outfits, driving her to swanky locations to film in, like the Ritz-Carlton, allowing her to drop out of school and be homeschooled so she can focus on her TikTok career. My name is Maria Ulasia. I am 42 years old. Um, I feel like I'm 22. <laughs> I have six kids, and I'm the mother of Jenny Papach, my amazing daughter. You know, I, I said to her, does it bother you that your daughter at the age of 10 had 500,000 followers online who were watching her do belly dancing videos? And she said, no, it didn't bother me at all. She said she reveled in it. In the back of my mind for many, many years, I was like, I'm going to be famous. But it kind of was like my my ship had, had sailed in, in that sense, you know. And so... I believe uh, in destiny, and I believe in manifestation, and I believe that Rosalie is that. Just how does this type of fame happen? By the age of 13, Rosalie and her mother really wanted to help her become a bona fide influencer. They wanted her to become social media famous. And the best way to do that, they thought, was to fly out to L.A. and try and come up with a similar concept to the Hype House. For those who are listening who may not understand what the Hype House is, which I assume is a lot of people out there, this was a mansion in California where the most popular TikTok stars in the world would, well, in America at least, would live in together to film content and help one another's accounts grow. So there was a bunch of teenagers just filming TikToks in this mansion in California. And Rosalie and her mum flew out and decided that they wanted to make a hype house for minors. She was only 13 at the time. So they wanted to create a similar concept with a bunch of 12, 13-year-olds who had big TikTok following and all live together in a home and build content. What they did is they actually sneaked into the original Hype House and filmed videos from the bathrooms and balconies, the places that her own idols had really immortalized on TikTok. And those videos went viral. This resulted in the Jenny Popatch account really blowing up. And unfortunately, for the wrong reasons at that time, people criticized her for breaking into the Hype House, for stalking the Hype House creators, for stealing their clothes. One of these creators who had millions of followers said that she flushed his fish down the toilet. She denied all of this and said that a caretaker had led her into the property. But that controversy really propelled her account to reach more than a million followers for the first time. And that taught her to lean into this bad girl persona, to post content that's controversial, that's risky, that other people aren't posting. And she quickly realized, you know, that's the way to become an influencer. So after that moment, her content dramatically changed and it became a lot more, you know, sexual innuendo in her captions. Her dance moves were more suggestive. Her clothing was more revealing. And she was really gaming the algorithm in a way. She knew that she would be rewarded if she posted content that got people talking. So the algorithm actually incentivized her to behave in this way and rewarded her by doing so. So then if we fast forward to what her account is like now, 
as a 16-year-old, she's posting content that to her is kind of normalised. This is what she's been doing for years and she doesn't think there's anything wrong with it. Where is uh, Rosalie's father in all of this? Rosalie's father is there. He's present. He's in some of her clips. Her most successful TikTok post is actually her doing quite a sexually suggestive dance and he picks her up and carries her out of the frame, acting as though he's shocked by what she's doing. That got 160 million views on TikTok. And her dad is supporting her. He's proud of her. He thinks that if this is going to help her make money, get her through college, make her a better person, then why not? You heard Olivia mention money just now. That's another element of this story. Creators can't receive money directly from TikTok unless they're over the age of 18. But some brands are eager to capitalize on their fame and reach their followers. Yeah, Teen Talk is big business. These influencers are making tens of thousands of dollars, in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars a month because their following is so big. So Rosalie Aratola has brand deals with a number of fashion outlets from Fashion Nova to Shein to Pretty Little Thing. She just released a clothing line with Empty Soda. She's got a little baby pink mini skirt with a matching top with a cutout love heart in the middle. And she's advertising it on TikTok and encouraging her followers, her 7 million followers, to go and buy it. Is part of the encouragement that Rosalie gets from her parents the money that she makes from this? I remember asking Maria about that directly, and she said the first time they got a brand deal, she actually ran into Rosalie's room screaming. We made it, you know what I mean? We made it, like 10, you know, 10 grand for five posts. I mean, that's insane, dude. Um, it's the norm for me now. It's the norm for us. You know, we've got this $10,000 brand deal. This means that you're an influencer and everyone was wrong and we did it. And they feel as though um, they'd finally achieved a huge milestone in life. Usually I make from a company, what I make from a company is maybe like ten to 15000 depending on how much they're willing to pay. And then, and that's not for like song promos, that's like brand deals, like clothing brands. I'm promoting like a, a product or something. And then, um... In total, I'm not sure how much I've made over the past year, but I know right now in my savings, I have like about 30000 saved up. So these fashion companies actually stand to make a lot of money from creators like Rosalie Aratola or, you know, her Jenny Popatch account because it's a brilliant marketing strategy to encourage the creators themselves to be your advertisement. No longer do we have to pay for television advertisements. You can just pay a creator like Jenny Popatch to wear a dress in one of her videos and 7 million people are going to see it and they're going to want to be like her. They're going to want to be wearing the clothes that she's wearing and maybe they're going to go and buy that item. When we come back, I talk to Olivia about some of the people who aren't such big fans of Jenny Popatch and her fame and what life is like for the kid behind the persona. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline, it's teamwork, and it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. 
Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. We've heard Olivia describe how Jenny Popach is a larger-than-life character in her videos on TikTok. But just how does this play out in the day-to-day real life of Rosalie Aratola? I'd been looking at her posts for months before I travelled down there, and I'd been seeing a lot of comments on her posts from concerned followers, people who genuinely believed that her life was in danger. They thought that she had been kidnapped or that she was being stalked or that her parents were forcing her to perform in this way. People are convinced that in some of her videos, she's actually mouthing the words help to her audience before she starts dancing. And as I was looking through this account, reading these comments, I decided that I actually wanted to get a sense of who she was and where does this controversy stem from and what does she think about all this? And I was quite surprised at the girl that I met. She was very eloquent, very well-spoken. I assumed by watching her content that she was going to open the door in a skin-tight bodysuit or a mini skirt with her two-inch fake nails on and, you know, her hair extensions in and a full face of makeup. But she was in this baggy hoodie. She hadn't even brushed her hair. She had no makeup on. She was very natural. She looked like a child. She looked a lot younger than what she does in her content on TikTok. Um, Some of the pros and cons of being an influencer with, like, a lot of followers, 6.7 billion. Um, you don't really know who to trust as far... I feel like it's just very hard to create genuine friendships and it's hard to feel like you even have genuine friends and that everything is not transactional. It's been quite challenging for her to actually make friends. She feels as though anyone who is nice to her and tries to befriend her is only doing so because they want to increase their own following. They want to be in a video with Jenny Popatch and, you know, use her effectively. Well, I feel like it's easy for Jenny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I find it easy to find collaborators, but I don't consider every person I collab with a friend because I feel like a friend is somebody you call and you hang out with them every day and you trust them and you feel like you can trust them with your personal experiences and your personal thoughts and you're not afraid to be yourself with them. And I don't find myself like that with a lot of the people I collab with. And when I saw her personality online, she comes across as confident, outgoing, empowered, 
aware of who she is and what she wants in life. But when you meet her in person, she's less sure of herself. She mentioned that she has 7 million followers but no real friends. What does TikTok say about the guidelines, about Jenny Popich's account, and about making decisions about what to leave up and what to take down? TikTok says its guidelines are really clear and it's not wrong. You can go onto its website and you can open up the minor safety tab and see the specificity that it goes into on its guidelines. TikTok doesn't comment on individual accounts for privacy reasons, so it wouldn't make any comment about the Jenny Popatch account or tell me why it deactivated her account twice, why it reactivated it twice. TikTok didn't want to weigh in on that, but it says that it has very strict minor safety policies and it encourages all of its content moderators to abide by them. We'll hear more a bit later about what the company does to enforce those guidelines. But there are any number of so-called vigilante parents on the platform who've taken it upon themselves to try to police TikTok. They flag videos they say violate the app's rules ones they feel are inappropriate content for a minor to make and for other kids and adults to be looking at. She's also caught the attention of vigilantes or watchdog mums or other creators who are scanning through TikTok looking for content that highlights the dark side of influencer culture, that highlights child exploitation on the app. And they are holding up this Jenny Popatch account as an example of a young creator who is doing inappropriate things and being rewarded by TikTok's algorithm, which is pushing her onto the For You page and increasing her popularity, increasing her fame, increasing her followers, which in turn is resulting in her getting more and more brand deals from fashion companies, more money, more fame, and so it goes on. One of those people is a woman named Sarah Adams. She's a mom who's gotten quite a TikTok following herself for calling out what she sees as problematic videos by Jenny Papach and other TikTok stars. Olivia went to talk to her. I'm Sarah Adams. I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and I am mom uncharted on TikTok. She's calling out not only the specific accounts, like the Jenny Popatch account, but the parents the brands that are paying her, and the platforms like TikTok. Why are you allowing this kind of content to stay up? Um, I look at a lot of different issues. Um, The three main ones that I always discuss are issues of uh, privacy, informed consent, and safety. And the safety kind of uh, goes alongside with the sexualization of our young children. I think there's a lot of sexualized content in regard to uh, song choices, style of dances, clothing poses. You know, it's not just clothing. It's the clothing paired with the situation and the lyrics and the dance moves. It's all of it. In a lot of Sarah Adams' posts, she calls TikTok out for not upholding its minor safety guidelines. And the most ironic thing is that her own videos are actually being removed for minor safety violations. But the original video she's posting about will remain up. You mean they're being removed because she's pointing to videos and on the basis of that content, 
which hasn't been removed, her account is being removed? That's right. Her account, her videos are being removed for highlighting what she believes is problematic content being produced by children. I am not sexualizing a child. I am letting you know as a parent that there are people who are sexualizing your children. And this is a public platform with a billion people, including the worst of society. And what does Rosalie say about this criticism? She feels as though people are unfairly judging her and that she should be able to do what she wants to do on the app. She thinks that other creators who are highlighting her content as problematic are actually sabotaging her career. And I think it's really important to try and understand what these creators like Rosalie Aratola, what is the intention behind their posts? Is she posting her content to try and be sexually appealing? Or is she posting her content because that's who she is and this is what 15 and 16-year-old girls are doing now? This is kind of normalized for this age group. And the question, I suppose, is, does she understand the full implications of what she's doing, or does she not? From talking to Rosalie Aratola, I think she is aware of what she's posting. I think she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's selling. She's a very smart teenage girl, and she enjoys the fame. She mentioned to me that she got over 3.4 million likes when she posted a video wearing a Christmas onesie and how exciting that was to her. TikTok to these kids, it's like a drug to them. It's so easy to become addicted to an app where every day it, you know, feeds you the content that you want to see, but also allows you to perform on this huge stage and become famous. After spending a week with with Rosalie and her mom, I felt like Rosalie really wants to do this. This is the life that she wants to have. Um, it's definitely satisfying to see that your um, creation, you know, whatever your content creating is getting views, it's getting likes, it's getting engagement and comments because you make your original content, people like it, people start doing it, you become a trendsetter or you create trends, you make twists to trends and it feels good. Like I did that, you know, I created something, people enjoyed it and I feel like the likes and the views and all of that are just the product, like you just see the outcome like that. And where does that leave TikTok, the platform that hosts all these trends? What's the company's stance on this whole controversy? We talk about that when we return. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. 
So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You know, when you look at the TikTok website and you look at its community guidelines, they do have a specific tab for minor safety. And they state very clearly that you cannot post, upload, stream or share any content that implies or depicts a minor in a sexual way. That's including a minor with sexually explicit song lyrics or content with sexually explicit dancing of a minor. And it even specifies saying this includes twerking, breast shaking, pelvic thrusting, fondling of the breasts. So they're very specific about what can stay on and what should come down. In response to pressure from lawmakers, in February, TikTok said it would place new restrictions on what it calls overtly sexually suggestive content. It said users under 16 would no longer be eligible to appear on the app's For You page. That's this algorithm-curated feed that recommends videos to users. But users under 16 can still appear in the For You feed of those who already follow them. And the new rule won't affect Jenny Papacha's videos. She turned 16 in November. I think the problem is for the individual moderators whose job it is to make that decision at the end of the day, they have a judgment call to make in just 20 seconds and they have to look at a thousand videos a day and it is very hard to decide if a video is sexually suggestive or not. What does the day of a moderator for TikTok look like? Content moderators at TikTok are effectively scanning through videos that have been uploaded to the platform where the artificial intelligence have flagged them as violating one of TikTok's community guidelines. So first computers search through these and then they throw out flags based on algorithms that compare it to lots of different photos and say this looks like possibly content that violates the standards. That's exactly right. So the artificial intelligence scans through every single video that's been uploaded to the platform. That's 20 billion in the first half of this year. The AI is looking for content that violates community guidelines. And some of that is obvious, like nudity, violence, hate speech, extremist behavior. They'll just take that down immediately. The artificial intelligence isn't sure And it doesn't know if if this content is potentially violating guidelines or not. It will send it through to a human moderator to decide. So they're looking at videos that the artificial intelligence has flagged as being potentially problematic. And they're deciding if it should stay up or if it should come down. 
And you said they have 20 seconds to do this? Is that a standard or is that just what it takes to get through the day? They are expected to review a thousand videos a day and they have about 20 seconds to look at each video. But some TikTok clips are only a couple of seconds long. Others are longer. So they've got to make very quick judgment calls. And to add a further layer of complexity on this already very complex issue, TikTok has an if in doubt, leave it up mantra. What that means is that the moderators are effectively told, if you don't know, leave it up rather than taking it down. And that mantra has allowed a lot of Jenny Popatch's content to stay on the platform even when, on face value, it looks like it's violating some of those minor safety guidelines. Well, let me ask you about that because the safety guidelines that you just described seemed very specific. It also sounds from your description of her videos that some of the things described in those guidelines are, in fact, in those videos. Why would there be a when-in-doubt situation when the things explicitly spelled out in the guidelines are in the videos? Yeah. I mean, I have a good example of this from her account. She recently posted a video that was part of a TikTok trend where she's washing the new car that she just bought with her TikTok earnings. So she's in the car wash. She's in a gray skin-tight bodysuit and white-heeled boots. And she is lathering foam on the car with her chest. She's winking at the camera. She's dancing covered in water and foam from the car wash. With that particular video, a lot of older men have been taking screenshots of her bent over the car or her in various poses that are sexually suggestive and have been sharing them with one another in various group threads on other social media platforms. In one particular forum I was looking through, some of these photos were being swapped and one person commented saying, guys, this is CP. The acronym for CP is child porn. So that video in and of itself, what she was doing was sexually suggestive, but it was part of a TikTok trend. So she was doing something that a lot of other people had done in order to get it trending. And I sent this video to a trust and safety team worker to ask him, do you think that this should have come down? He looked at it and told me, no, why would we take it down? She's fully clothed. When you're a moderator, it comes down to your viewpoint of what's sexually suggestive and what's not. So TikTok is really stuck in the middle between the creators, some of the young creators who are posting sexually suggestive content, and the watchdog mums or the vigilante creators who are calling them out and calling the platform out for not doing enough to protect kids. One of the difficulties that TikTok faces is that it's just overwhelmed by content. If we think about the first half of this year, TikTok removed more than 200 million videos. More than 40% of those videos were taken down because they violated a minor safety guideline. That's a huge number of videos, 200 million. But in that same period, 20 billion videos were uploaded to the platform. So how do you, as a content moderation team, as a trust and safety team that is set up to try and protect users and take down problematic content, how do you begin when you have 20 billion videos? It is just an impossible task. 
Thanks so much to Olivia Carville for coming back on the podcast. You can read Olivia's Bloomberg Businessweek stories about TikTok at Bloomberg.com. And special thanks to the video team behind the audio you heard in this episode, Andrea Desky and Dimitri Salvchuk. And if you want to hear the story of TikTok's rise from startup to social media juggernaut and how it became the center of U.S.-China tensions, it's season two of Bloomberg's foundering podcast, The TikTok Story. Thanks for listening to us here at The Big Take. It's a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Read today's story and subscribe to our daily newsletter at Bloomberg.com slash Big Take. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us with questions or comments to Big Take at Bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of The Big Take is Vicki Bergolina. Our senior producer is Katherine Fink. Our producer is Rebecca Chasson. Our associate producer is Sam Gabauer. Hilda Garcia is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidrin. I'm Wes Kosova. We'll be back tomorrow with another Big Take. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.